Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perone, CLU, CIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Carl Slicer, CEO of Best Hire LLC. Carl, welcome to uh, Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. It's an honor to have you on today. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Tom. Thank you. It's a beautiful day in Connecticut, and it's a wonderful day for a podcast as well. Well, if not, we could do it tomorrow after the snow or during the snow, but um, uh, I was eager to talk to you about business because you have a lot of business experience. You're running a great business now. And the, the key question is, how did you get going in this type of business, Carl? Thanks for the question, Tom. Best Hire provides background checks for employers, and it is a, uh, a hybrid uh, process. I, I grew up in a family uh, where my great-grandmother started the business. I've been around business ever since I can remember. My mom had a tax business in our house, uh, and, and everybody came in uh, to the front living room to have their taxes prepared. So I got a, I got to start there uh, initially, but um, more so is uh, when I went and got my licenses in uh, property casualty life and health back in the 80s, um, I went off and specialized working for a collection agency because I was solving problems between insurance uh, companies and um, documentation that was required. I got three years experience in that, went out on my own, started my own collection agency, did that for eight years. And I found that one of the things I was doing was providing outsourcing service to private investigators, whereby I had about 20 or 25 clients in Connecticut. So I went out and started a new business, closed down the old one, and and started the background check business. Well, you know, and and so the, the past businesses kind of led you to this this current business thirty well thirty one years ago, right? Correct. That's right. And um, I'm I'm probably not the brag, but I am probably one of the best skip tracers in the country. When you're running a collection agency, you got to be able to find people first, people, places, property, things like that, and determine if they have the ability today to make good on the bill. If not, you have to put it aside and worry about it tomorrow. Um, So that special skill is what I honed. And uh, we were in place before 9-11 hit. We were doing background checks before 9-11. And um, when 9-11 hit, uh, the sales uh, the sales angle now uh, changed. It went from, are you doing background checks to who do you use for your background checks? 
because background checks all of a sudden became uh, leaps and bounds of interest to the public. Yeah, the timing of uh, your business was kind of interesting. You, you were you were in the thick of things. You were ten years into your business when all of a sudden this thing really did blossom into background checks, even though it was a common thing now. But that emphasized nine eleven emphasized background checks probably even more so. The background checks, the reports are more sophisticated. The customer service is not. And when I when I make first contact and open up a new account with a customer, our goal is to teach them uh, about the information that will make their business run better. And therefore, I look at it as though turning them into a client by the care, custody, and control that we have to make their life better. Well, you know, every business is a moving target in many ways, a lot of things that you do. And um, Carl, as a business owner, what are the challenges uh, that you have in your business? Uh, The things that were a challenge to you, but it did create other challenges in your business and also growth in your business. Regulation in the collection agency and regulation in the background checks. We're constantly being bombarded with different laws that come from both the federal level as well as the state levels. I'll give you, for example, um, there's a term called ban the box. If you have a question on an application that refers to something like, have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been convicted? Have you ever been convicted of a felony? That question has been banned in approximately at least 50% of the states in this country. So if I have clients in 50 states plus territories, that means we have to be mindful of that documentation. And we recommend our clients remove it so that it's one less thing that's going to cause an issue. But um, it is an everyday changing thing to stay on top of regulation. So the, would you say that's one of the key issues of staying on top of your business, the things you have to really know about? Absolutely. I mean, 10 years ago, nobody was selling cyber insurance. Nobody was buying cyber insurance. Today, cyber insurance is uh, an easy understanding and is an easy purchase And miraculously, the insurance company does a fantastic job of protecting you. So if you aren't uh, offering it to your clients, are you, um, it's it's almost like a doctor not offering vaccinations, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something, I mean, there's always a, a, there's always something in a business that you really have to focus on, whether you want to or not, someone's got to be focusing on. And regulations, you know, I know in our business, everything's coming out of Washington every week and it's hard to stay on top of it, but especially in your business. And you're working in, in all kinds of states, right, Carl? Yeah, we provide backgrounds in all 50 states, plus um, the territories, uh, as well as federal courts. Um, there's over 3,000 courthouses alone that you can go into tomorrow uh, and pull live records. But we also do international, too. Wow. So you're you're obviously having to stay up on a lot of uh, information concerning background checks, which obviously are different 
Uh, here's a good question that I have. I mean, you run in a business, you run different businesses. And the question that is always asked of me, what makes some people successful in their business while other people struggle? What do you think? Well, it depends on what they what they consider struggling. If if and that relates to what is their happiness is is happiness having enough sales or is it having enough profits? Is it having the exposure that you want or is it trying to do everything and getting nowhere? So um, there is a uh, a habit that I think that all uh, business owners uh, face, and that is. If you're doing an extremely great job, you run the risk of running into boredom because what you've done is you've done this process over and over and over so many times that your intellect gets a little bored with what's going on. So you have to find um, and def define what, uh, what your goals are. And I think you need to keep them smaller than bigger because the smaller ones are what going to get you to that bigger location um, at the end of the at the end of your life you're you, you're looking back and say gee whiz what did I forget what did I miss you know you you're right because there it's a small bite of life um, I, I agree with you and I think every little win that you have in your personal goals is just another uh, another path to take with passion and excitement. But if you, if the, if it's too big and lofty, you, you get lost in it and you can't focus. And I agree with you hundred percent on that. Um, uh, you know, you, you mentioned why you started your business. You saw opportunity there. Um, let's, let's take you down as a business owner and talk about what you do for your clients so that the audience understands your particular services and what you're offering. Well, anybody, any, so uh, during 9-11 and the interest of background checks, it came on very, very strong and our association grew substantially. Uh, unfortunately, it became what you would call a commodity where um, pretty much anybody could sell you a background check, but um there's places online that you can go spend, you know, $59.95 and get back a bunch of information. But we specialize in uh, employment only. We don't do background checks on boyfriend, girlfriend match situations. We don't do investigations to determine, you know, where people are doing things and that kind of thing. Those are that's the difference between consumer reports and investigative reports. Um, so we specialize for employment. Number two, we, we provide client service that's uh, top notch. And we have to, because uh, it's very easy to go find somebody and say, well, you know what, you're the cheapest, so we're going to go with you. Well, cheap does not mean um, that you're going to get somebody on the phone within uh, the next month or so, or if you have a problem and you want to talk about something on your bill, or is the client uh, getting the recommendations? I We took on a client in Meriden, Connecticut um, several years ago, and they were very frustrated because the woman 
had an interview with a gentleman that confessed to some assault convictions. And when she went to run the background check uh, to confirm it, she had um, no results coming back and she couldn't figure out why. So we looked at uh, what she was getting and basically <clears throat> what she was getting was a, um, as a duplication of a file that may or may have a conviction in, as opposed to going out and getting a live record currently at the courthouses and learning how to verify accuracy when you're working with applicants. So that one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationship is still important, even if it is a, a change in the way our uh, technology has uh, made our lives better. You still have to handhold, you still have to um, give advice, and you still have to um, develop relationships. And I think part of that is when I, when I like my clients, we actually go further to make sure that they are safe. And I think that's very, very key. Yeah, that, that kind of uh, being there, that kind of that, I call it being there. In other words, they... They, they know who you are. They've talked to you. And that's a good question, Carl. When someone hires you, whether it's a large company or a small company, what's your procedure? Where, where do you start? What's A? Well, you always have to start with the ground uh, works. And, and the greatest foundation is one that's the strongest footing. So um, whether you're doing a background check on a... Um, a lifeguard at the pool that's going to be there just for the summer, or if you're doing a, a you're vetting a resume for a, a financial director, the basics are still the same documentation uh, to verify that the accuracy in the data is there. Uh, we always recommend using a government issued ID, whether it be a driver's license, a majority ID card, or a U.S. passport, all of those things will have photos to go along with it. Then number two, um, when you've got that information down pat, and of course, you know, the more of those that you have, the better off you are. The way I look at it is, if the, if the state government doesn't know who this person is, how am I going to know who they are? Right. So um, the foundation gets laid with with accuracy the social security number is run we verify the social security number matches that person appropriately that there isn't any numbers inverted because they wrote it down wrong are we working from a social security a lot of people don't carry social security cards anymore when i was 16 i got uh, working papers which is a document that was issued by the town hall and um, I don't even think that exists anymore. Uh, so the resume, I can give you an example of a resume that we did in the last couple of years where um, the person was applying for a uh, financial position and um, we verified the bachelor's degree. We looked at the JD, it was in the middle. We contacted the colleges and the top degree was a PhD in education. And 
it turned out that the person did not have the JD from a very, very famous college that you would have thought they had on the resume. And this person has 30 years experience in that industry that he's in, very well known. And so we had to go back to the uh, client in before they saw the report, we wanted to explain to them what they were going to be seeing and why. And the question really remains, does that type of thing make a difference to you? And I have probably asked 30 business owners that specific question. And the answer coming back is pretty much 50-50. Some of them don't care because it doesn't apply to the position being applied for. Others said that they would have terminated the application immediately right there because what else could there be misgivings on? But I also advised the client to consider if the person later on in their employee decided to transfer to another department or another job position, would that impact that job that they're in place as well? Uh, that's a, that, you know what, that's a great question. I mean, I wonder how many people would have thought of that situation because you're absolutely right. People start working for a company, they want to go forward. And sometimes those positions are the positions that um, are a little different than when they got hired. Uh, you know, you're, you're bringing out a subject that I was thinking about. How often are you seeing fraudulent papers or counterfeit papers? And uh, how do you uh, identify them as being fraudulent? Well, let's put it this way. What do you consider something to be fraudulent? Uh, I, I could probably assume what you're probably going to answer is say, well, somebody purposely wrote down a date of birth wrong. If you look at a resume, resumes are more objectionable than they are factual because a, a person can change a resume based on the position or the company that they're working for. You could be going from a power company and you want to have your engineering strengths brought forward, or you can be going for a nonprofit who you're, you're going to be working on how to save energy at that location. And, and, and so you may be able to bring in more information on one job application than another. So, um, but when it comes to out and out, um, dissent and fraudulent aspects, I would say uh, the core is probably running uh, 15%. Uh, don't forget your, your population in the United States, 6% have a felony conviction. So that's one out of 15 people. So if you see, if you see 15 or 20 people walk by in that crowd, there's one person in there that has done time in jail for more than a year for a specific crime they were convicted of. Um, number two, the city of Philadelphia has 35% population has a uh, conviction of misdemeanor or felony. So, uh, you know, we have these varying factors, but um, it also depends on how, um, what the position is, 
I'll give you I'll give you one that uh, that scratches my head all the time. Um, loss prevention jobs, uh, not the licensed ones by the state, but the ones like in supermarkets and department stores where you don't have to have a state permit. There's there is something to do with a person having the access to the facility, being able to walk around, go wherever they want to go, have the keys to the whole place, wearing a uniform. And I have one particular um, chain where they get um, an extremely high rate of applicants that have felony convictions. And that to me is dangerous. And I, and I don't know uh, other than staying on top of the diligence. I'll give you an example. This, this guy had his, he had his state majority ID card photo ID with him. And it was blatant because the address was like number 12 prison way. And, 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 uh, and I'm looking at the person working on this and my mouth just drops to the floor. And I'm like, really, you know, I mean, this is, this is a person that's just saying, you know, I don't really care. I just give me the job. But um, I mean, just put yourself in that position. If you're, if you're working in a retail environment and it's a nine 30 at night, the place is being locked up. And there's a there's a staff member and it says, can you walk me to my car? What kind of a person do you want to tr- ensure is going to walk her safely to her car? And you as an employer have to show some diligence of caring for the population that you employ. So our society today, on one hand, is saying, you know, you got to give people opportunity, give them a break and let them start over and forget the past and that kind of thing. But at the same time, uh, there, is a, there is a reason why they call it repeat offense. It, 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 what begs to, uh, the question that I beg to ask you is you use the example of Philadelphia with a, a larger percentage of felons. And I'm sure or I'm assuming that when you do a job in a certain area, that is one of the elements that comes into play as to how much research you're going to do on a particular applicant or a background search on someone or a group. Yeah, and and here here's where we're always playing devil's advocate because we we see the uh, when somebody comes back with a conviction, it's called a hit rate. There's there's a hit. There's a hit on the, the on the profile. We flag the profile with a red flag, and we do that so that when the uh, employer gets the report, they need they need to be aware of something on that report. And too many times the employers won't read the report, and they'll open up and go, "Okay, no flag. That's it. I'm I'm moving on to the next thing." But not reading that doesn't get you anywhere because you you also have to consider if a person says. You know, I've got 16 years experience uh, working, in, you know, at the sewage treatment plant as an operator. And then it comes back. They don't have 16 years and they weren't a manager. They were there 12 years. They were an assistant manager. Does that difference make make a point to you where you have to think about whether this person is really going to fill the spot with what you need? So um, the data that comes back needs to be read. The flags are there, but um, we we constantly are going over 
you know what, Tom, we'll pick up the phone and we'll call them and we'll say, you know what, you got a felony coming back. You might want to look at this sooner than later, just because it's, it is such a rough situation. We had one um, just uh, in the last two weeks, the gentleman was living in Ohio. The uh, employer is in Kentucky and he had a, uh, a record from Florida and the record in Florida showed that there was four felonies. The prosecutor cut a deal with the guy. He threw out three of the felonies. The felony that he kept was a domestic assault. And the, the, the probation after the six years in jail was he had to keep his nose clean for 10 years and not offend again. And then they would remove the file which I really have a problem with, but I'm not the politician writing the laws. So the applicant in, in Ohio applies to work with this cleaning and restoration company. And again, this person is gonna be walking into people's homes. He's gonna be during the day, he's gonna be face to face with people, uh, adults, children. And, and our decision was we had, we had to remove the felony conviction out of Florida because it was over the 10 year look back period that the federal law allows for. I called the prosecutor in Florida and I said, he's got another assault conviction in Ohio recently where he did some time. Does this violate his terms in the last 10 years? I sent them an email. I had a phone call. I never had a reply back. I had to release the profile back to the client showing that simple assault charge, but they're desperate to hire. So they're going to put the guy on the payroll anyways, even though he had this mark, they were willing to overlook it. You, you know, it's interesting as you're telling me this story, it sounds like you're very much hands-on on the communication side with the employers who are hiring you because I just kept thinking, I wonder how many services would have gone the extra mile to make sure the employer knew the red flags was out there. So it sounds like you, you speak to them quite a bit, don't you, one-on-one? -on -one? You know why? Because there's a lot of stuff out there Yes, we see this stuff every day. There isn't a week that doesn't go by where there's there's a convicted sex offender that's trying to get into work at a place. You say, okay, fine. He's out. He's out. He is reg a registered sex offender. Number one, we always confirm two different ways the way the conviction information is coming back for accuracy. Number two, when we see information like that, we try to, again, make sure that heads up the employer's catching it and they're going to review it quicker than not. But with, with the fact that you've got so many strange things that come back, and I'll give an example. This is a, a printing company out of Chicago, and this happened uh, right around Christmas time this year. Um, and I called our 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 uh, client and I said, Kathy, uh, I hope you're not planning to hire this guy. You're not going to believe this. I said, he he has two convictions for murder and a third one attempted murder. The um, the time 
for the sentences is total is 105 years. The guy's younger than me and he's out. And I know if I just released this report and sent it to her, number one, she's going to open it up and she's going to say, well, this is this can't be the same person because this guy needs to be in jail for the next 105 years. And that's not what's happening with our society. They're letting them out. Even though the sentence was 45 on one and 60 for another, you're baff- you're baffled. So I I mean we'll even go to the point, pick up the phone and call the prosecutor and say, This guy did not escape, did he? And they say, Well, no, uh, hold on, we'll call you back. No, he didn't escape. No, this is a deal, you know, they're on parole. This is a new program or whatever they want to call it. But it, there's so much information that comes back, and your your client is just gonna be stymied. When they see this, so, and here's the other part of the, the, you say, well, okay, what's the big deal? It's a printing company. You're not around, you're not around a lot of people, you know, maybe you can put them off in his own corner, let them work or something like that. The problem with that is they have a contract printing subscription pads for doctors. So they are extremely sensitive who they let into their uh, employee. They have contract agreements that they have to meet, and they are audited on a regular basis to make sure that they've got the best people handling something so critical. I'm, I'm thinking here, I'm, I'm actually taken back by the story because it's you hear it on the news, but I wonder how many employers, I'm sure there's a lot of employers that never have used a background search until recently, the last couple of years. And so they don't pay attention to these laws. And I'm sure they're baffled by the stories you tell them. It's one you just told us about. Uh, he's supposed to be in prison, but he's out. I mean, that just blows me away. I, it's amazing. So it, it comes down to that education that you and communication that you have with your clients, which obviously uh, best hire has as their procedure. Um, Carl, before we leave, I got one more question I, I have for you, actually two. Who is your market? Who are the, the, the market that you do services for? We can, we can provide background checks, which also, besides the criminal records, the resume vetting, we also do drug testing. Drug testing is its own little world because you have the Department of Transportation covers tractor trailers and railroads, airplanes, that kind of thing. Um, and also um, some other verification products that we put out there. So we have a fantastic uh, hybrid of clients because we range anywhere from supermarket chains to um, mom and pop operations. We've got some fire departments and ambulances. Um, I do boards of education uh town halls um we got some federal contractors so we've got a fantastic mix and i and i really think that that it's um it's a great opportunity for any employer i let's put it this way if you think you need background checks you probably do need background checks yeah and you have to think about the other part of this too 
if you're hiring somebody, a police officer once told me a bully only respects a bigger bully. So if you're going to hire somebody who has compromised their uh, moral aspect and they don't mind stealing from their employer, what kind of relationships is that person going to develop with the rest of your staff? The right. first, the first thing, uh, you know, the easy, water flows through the easiest resistance. So therefore, that bully is going to start causing problems with the most innocent person that's probably very withdrawn, keeps themselves, doesn't speak out much. And um, if they can get them on the take of saying, hey, listen, you know what, taking home a couple of pencils uh, here and there <coughs> is not going to put an employer out of business. So, you know, we worked late a couple of times here and, you, you know, it's you're deserving of this. So you should take it, too. So the next thing you know, um, they're they're influencing the rest of your staff that you've worked really hard to develop the personality, the average person that picks up the phone and deals with the public has to have that facade or that appearance, I should say, that you want to present. Yeah, and you work so hard to have a company culture and uniformity as far as your personal, uh, your personalities and your employees and just one one bad person can disrupt that immensely, causing you to obviously what we call in it, in Italy agita. Yeah. So, well, Carl, I want to thank you. In closing, um, you have a great company. You've been around for thirty-one years. I'm going to make sure everybody has your contact information of your company and. Um, it's, uh, you know, it. Uh, we talked uh, uh, recently, and one of the things we talked about was the fact that you keep clients long-term. And now that you have explained to us how and your procedure and how you do things, I could see why companies like to come back and hire you again and again and again. You really, you create a passion for what you do, and I think that's great. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity today. Anytime we get to talk about ourselves, we shine very well. And um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, you did great. So, Carl, I want to thank you. Uh, and uh, again, we will put uh, every all the contact information that one will need to get in touch with Carl Slicer, Best Hired, LLC. Thank you, Carl. Have a great day, Tom. Watch out for that snow tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas 
and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.